Well, turning your Bibles to Revelation chapter 20, we're continuing our study of the book of Revelation. It's the book, really, that gives us all the end times and everything. And as we've looked now in chapter 19, chapter 20, we're actually seeing the return of Jesus Christ as the King. He's the return as our Savior and King. He's going to come and set up a kingdom that, uh, first of all, for a thousand years, and then a kingdom that will never end. We're seeing the reign of Jesus Christ. As he got ready to do this, what we saw last time was pretty amazing. We saw at Jesus' second coming, the unbelievers are put to death. The beast and the false prophet are cast into the lake of fire, and the devil is bound in a pit, a big hole, for a thousand years. All of that happened. We saw that last time. We're going to kind of review a little bit and then look at verses 4, 5, and 6 in more detail uh, this morning as we go through it. So that's happened. Unbelievers are now killed. They they gather together for a big war against Jesus Christ around Jerusalem. He comes back. They're put to death. Beast and false prophet cast in the lake of fire, and the devil bound for a thousand years. As we get into this kingdom, or as we get ready to get into the kingdom, there's two things I want us to think about. And we'll go through them fairly fairly quickly this morning. Number one is, why must there be a literal kingdom? Why does it have to be a literal kingdom, thousand years, Jesus Christ on the earth, uh, in Jerusalem? Why, Why does it have to be? And then second, how does God bring about the resurrection of people. I mean, is it all at one time? When are people resurrected or how are people resurrected? How, how does it all happen? And we'll see it as we go through and talk a little bit about it this morning. Well, we've reached the part of the book of Revelation in which we're seeing the return of Christ. Beginning in Revelation 19, verse 11, the heavens are open and here comes Jesus Christ. And we're seeing that. Let me remind you of where we are. There are two comings of Christ to the earth. The first one, he came to be born in Bethlehem. That's Christmas. That's what we're thinking about. He came to die and pay for sin, rose again, into heaven, and then there's a second coming of Jesus Christ to the earth as the King of kings, the Lord of lords. In between, church will be raptured out, will be gone. Jesus is going to come in the clouds. The dead in Christ will rise first, we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with him. We'll be gone. That's what's going to happen. We'll be gone. Then that time period, which we've been seeing in Revelation chapter 6, all the way through chapter basically 19, is the tribulation time period. Uh, Antichrist goes in the middle, puts his idol up in the temple, claims to be God. There's death, destruction, there's all kind of things. And then Jesus comes back. So where we are in our study is we have seen Jesus coming back to set up the kingdom. And he dealt with the beast and the false prophet, cast them like a fire. He dealt with Satan by putting him in a big hole. And he's dealt with the unbelievers who are in a battle against him when he comes back. He's, it, they're all dead. Now, they're not in the lake of fire. They're in a place called Hades. We'll talk more about that in just a little bit. So here's what we saw. We saw in Revelation 19:11, I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse. And he who said only it is called faithful and true. That's Jesus. And in righteousness, he judges and wages war. In 1915, it says this. Um, From his mouth comes a sharp sword, so with it he may strike down the nations. And he will rule with a rod of iron, and he will tread the winepress of the fierce wrath of God the Almighty. That's when he comes. And then in verse 16, and on his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So that's what we saw last time, the coming king and setting up the kingdom. And basically, before Jesus sets up the kingdom, he deals with those in opposition, the unbelievers, the beast and the false prophet, and the devil. So here's what we saw. Revelation 19, 20, uh, the beast and the false prophet were cast in the lake of fire. Listen to this. This is verse 20. And the beast was seized, and with him the false prophet, who performed signs in the presence by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image, these two were thrown alive 
into the lake of fire which burns with brimstone. Then we saw the unbelievers were put to death. And here's what he says. And the rest were killed with the sword which came from the mouth of him who sat on the horse. And all the birds were filled with their flesh. So he killed the, the unbelievers that, that were there. Uh, in Matthew 24, uh, Matthew chapter 25, is called the separation of the sheep of the goats when he comes. And then we saw in Revelation chapter 20, verses 1, 2, 3, that Satan is bound in a bottomless pit for a thousand years. Listen to this. I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding the key of an abyss, a hole, and a great chain was in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. So he wants to make it very clear who this is. He's called the dragon, the serpent of old, the devil, and Satan, and he is bound for a thousand years. Wow. So that's what we saw last time, and we're really ready for the kingdom. We're going to see a little bit about the kingdom. I'm going to give you some more details uh, next time, next time we look at the book of Revelation. But we're seeing that the greater son of of David will take the throne and rule the world in righteousness and justice. Now, isn't that what we're wanting? We're all looking forward to the day when Jesus Christ comes as the King of kings, the Lord of lords, sets up the kingdom. Now, we know for us, he's going to come in the clouds and get us. The dead in Christ are going to be raised and we are alive, will be changed, and we'll be taken up to be with Jesus. And then we're coming back with him when he comes to set up the kingdom. We're going to talk more about that in just a little bit. But as we start and we talk about kingdom, and by the way, six times in seven verses in this passage, it says the kingdom will be a thousand years. Now, we take that to mean that the kingdom will be a thousand years. It says it six times in seven verses, and, and so there are people out there, and we'll talk about it, that say, well, it doesn't really mean that, or it's not going to really be a kingdom or anything, but it, it will be. Now, here's the question that we, we started with. If you remember, why must there be a literal kingdom? Why does there have to be this thousand years? Why does Jesus have to come and sit on the throne in Jerusalem as the king of kings and lords? Why does it have to be literal? Well, here's why. First of all, God must keep his promises. First of all, he made a promise to King David. Now, remember who King David was. He was uh, the, the, the first really great king. Saul was the first king of Israel. He was not good. David was the great king. And he came to David and told David that David would have a descendant, a son, who would rule forever. And David's greater son is Jesus Christ. In fact, when Jesus was on the earth, sometimes they said, Oh, son of David, have mercy on us. They're talking about him. Well, what was the promise? Second Samuel chapter 7. When your days are completed, talking to David, and you lie down with your fathers, you're dead, I will raise up your descendant after you. Now, who is this going to be? He will come forth from you. I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Now, that's the key to it. Because David died and Solomon, became, his son, became the king. But Solomon didn't rule forever. There's going to be one coming from David that will rule forever, and that is Jesus Christ. And that's what, that's what he says. In fact, verse 16 says, Your house and your kingdom will endure before me forever, and your throne will be established forever. God promised David that his descendant would be the Messiah who would sit on the throne of Israel. And as I said a while ago, that's why when Jesus is on the earth, sometimes he's called the Son of Man. Sometimes he's called something else, but he is called many times, O Son of David, because they said, you are the descendant that was promised to King David. Well, there's a second thing. What's another promise? And there was another promise, and it was to Mary. 
a son would be given, that son will be given the throne of David and rule forever. Do you remember? Now, this is the Christmas story, but you remember the angel Gabriel came to Mary? This is the passage. And he says to Mary, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. You know, the name Jesus means Savior, Yeshua. It's the same name as Joshua. Same name as Joshua in the Old Testament, Yeshua, Jesus in the New Testament. And so that means Savior. An angel tells Mary, you're going to have a baby, you're going to have a son, and you're going to name him Jesus. We know that later she said, how can this be because I'm, I'm a virgin? And he said, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. Now watch what he says about this son. He will be great and be called what? The son of the Most High. He's going to be the son of God. And the Lord God will give him, what? notice, the throne of his father, David. He's, that's the descendant of King David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. That's Israel. And notice this, and his kingdom will have no end. So the promise, why does it have to be literal kingdom? Because the promise was made to King David that you'll have a son that will sit literally on the throne of Israel. And the promise was made to Mary that she's going to have a son who will take the throne of David. And you know what's going to happen. We're going to see it. Jesus Christ comes as the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and he comes to Jerusalem. We already see that he comes to the Mount of Olives. It splits open. He defeats the enemies. He sets up the kingdom. He rules from Jerusalem on the throne of David as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And some of the Old Testament passages, I just didn't bring them out today, but they talk about that. They even say that Jesus will rule in Jerusalem, and King David will rule under Jesus in Jerusalem. And so that's what we're going to see. The promises that are made to Israel, to David, and to Mary, they're literal promises. Now, there are people out there who'll say, that's not true. Well, I just want to say, look, if that's not true, if a thousand doesn't mean a thousand, and if sitting on the throne doesn't mean sitting on the throne, then is it true Jesus died on the cross, paid for sin, and rose again? I mean, how is that true? How do you decide what's true? You either say the Bible is true, the Bible isn't true. You can't just pick parts of it out. The Word of God is alive and powerful, and you either say, I believe the Bible, and I believe these truths, or I reject it. And so we believe it, and we believe that Jesus Christ will come, sit on the throne of David, the, the, the son of Mary, who will be the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Well, what does John see after this part about Satan being bound? Here's what he sees. John continues to see the vision, verse 4. Then I saw thrones, and they sat on them. And judgment was given to them. Now, first he sees these thrones are out there. Now, we, we know that there are 24 thrones of the 24 elders and stuff. But he sees all these thrones, and people are sitting on them. Then he sees something else. Notice, and I saw the souls who had been beheaded because of the testimony of Jesus and because of the word of God, and those who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received the mark on their forehead and on, on, on forehead and on hand, they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. So what he sees first is these thrones with all these people on them. And we'll talk about who they are in a minute. And then he sees thrones, again, where people who got killed during the tribulation. So what he's doing as he's talking about who's in the kingdom, he first says, I'm ta- I saw all, of those, all these people sitting around. We'll talk about who they are in a minute. And then he sees those who actually got killed in the tribulation. They got killed in the tribulation, and now they're sitting on thrones, and they're going to be with Christ. And if you notice, it says, and they came to, Christ, came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. We're going to see six times in this little passage that the kingdom will last 
for a thousand years. Do you understand on this earth, one day you will come back because if you believed in Christ, one of these days he's going to come get you. Either you're going to die physically, your body's going to go in the ground and you're going to be absent from the body, you're going to be present with the Lord. Or Jesus is going to come in the clouds while you're still alive and the dead in Christ rise first and we are alive and we caught up together and we'll be with the Lord. And when Jesus comes back and sets up the kingdom, you will come back with him and you will be in a kingdom that will be on this earth for a thousand years. That's going to happen. That's what it says. And, and so who's going to be there? And we're going to talk about it in just a second. But you realize that all, we already know that all these people who got killed in the tribulation, they're going to be in the kingdom. We find out that the church, the body of Christ, we're coming back with Jesus. We already saw that in the, uh, chapter 19. We're going to be in the kingdom. We're going to find from Daniel chapter 12 verse 2 that all the Old Testament saints who are believers, they're going to go into the kingdom. And, and others, that we're going to talk more even about that. But that's what's going to happen. Now notice the next verse, verse 5. He says, the rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were completed. This is the first resurrection. Now the rest of the dead are the unbelievers. He's saying there's going to be all these believers and everybody's going to come together and we're going to rule on the earth for a thousand years. And then when that's over with, then the rest of the dead, the unbelievers, are going to come to life. He's going to raise them from the dead. See, resurrection, when Jesus died on the cross to pay for sin and rose again to conquer death, he conquered death for every person, believers and unbelievers. Every human being will be raised from the dead. And notice what he says here. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were completed. This is the first resurrection. And this is the first resurrection, and we're going to say, well, what, what do you mean first resurrection? How does it fit? We're going to see that all people are not raised at the same time. Resurrection, and so what, what I think we ought to do is stop for just a minute, realize there'll be a thousand-year reign of Christ, there'll be some people who've been raised from the dead, and they'll be at that thousand-year reign, there'll be unbelievers who won't be raised yet, they'll be raised at a different time. So let's think about some questions about resurrection. This is our second question. How does God bring about the resurrection of people? Where will you be? When will you be resurrected? Where, where, how does it fit? And so I've got some questions for us. What is resurrection? We need to talk about what that is. How many are there? What determines in which resurrection a person might be? Because there's, there's going to be two of them. We'll talk about it. And when will the resurrections take place? Well, let's start with this. What is resurrection? Resurrection is the raising of the body never to die again or see corruption. And so you say, what is resurrection? And you think, well, there were some people resurrected in the Old Testament. There was that, uh, uh, you know, uh, somebody came and, you know, did this and somebody was raised and Jesus raised a little girl 12 years old from the dead. And Jesus went to the widow, widow at Nain. He raised her son from the dead. He went to Lazarus to the tomb and called Lazarus. He came from forth. Well, that's not resurrection. That's called resuscitation. That's those people who were raised from the dead and they're going to die again. They didn't get glorified bodies. They were regular people. God raised them from the dead and they died again. Resurrection is to have a body that will never die again or ever see corruption. That's what resurrection is. And let's think about it. Who, uh, who was the first to be resurrected? What, what let me start with this. What determines re which resurrection a person is in? And it all goes back to the fact of your relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John 11, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will never die. He who believes in me, you know, he just says the bottom line, I'm the resurrection and the life. John 6, 40, whoever believes has eternal life. There's resurrection. 
We find in John 3.18, whoever believes there's no condemnation, there's resurrection of life. He says in John 3.18, the unbelievers, there is condemnation. And we're going to talk about a different resurrection. He calls the resurrection of damnation. And so what are we thinking? We're saying, okay, resurrection is a person coming back from the dead, never to die again. Well, who is the first person who ever died and came back from death, never to die again? Who is that? That's Jesus. That's it. That's right. That's the first resurrection. That starts the resurrection. So let's talk about it for a second. Let, let's talk about when these resurre- the, when the resurrections take place. And we'll go quickly just because of time. But look, there are two resurrections. One called the resurrection of life. The other is called the resurrection of death. Sometimes the first one is called the resurrection of eternal life. The second one is sometimes called the resurrection of damnation. Sometimes it's just called the resurrection of death. Sometimes it's called the resurrection of the second death. That's what is how it's listed. And it's separated by, these two resurrections are separated by a thousand years. Here's the chart that we did this, showed this chart in our grow group several, about a month or two ago. The first resurrection is with Jesus as first, then the church, we'll talk more about it in a second, and then the Old Testament tribulation saints. So Jesus is the first to be raised from the dead. The church is next, all of us to be raised from the dead, never to die again. And then when Jesus comes down to set up the kingdom, all the Old Testament saints and all the tribulation saints will all be raised from the dead to go into the kingdom. There's a separation of a thousand years in between. This is the first resurrection. This is the second resurrection, resurrection of life resurrection of death. This is after the thousand years, the unbelievers will be raised. So let me remind you and show you that in the first resurrection, the first one to ever rise from the grave is Jesus Christ. In Adam all die, in Christ all will be made alive. He's the one who died and rose again. That's him, never to die again. The second part of the first resurrection is, because if you remember in Corinthians, he says, Christ the first fruits and then every one in their order. There's an order of resurrection. So the second part of this first resurrection is us. First Thessalonians, the dead in Christ rise first. We who are alive and remain to be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. And thus will always be with the Lord. That's us. And then when Jesus comes to set up the kingdom, the Old Testament saints, the tribulation saints, people who believed in the Old Testament and the, and the tribulation, and even the two witnesses, and all, they will be raised to go into the kingdom. All of that is the, let me just go back. That's all the first resurrection. And in Revelation chapter 20, verse 6, it says, Blessed and holy is the one who has a part in the first resurrection. Over these, the second death has no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. And so blessed and holy is the one who, who's in the first resurrection. Now, you want to be in the first resurrection, and if you have believed in Jesus Christ for eternal life, you're in the first resurrection. Jesus first, us next, Old Testament tribulation saints third. That's all part of the first resurrection, or as it's called, the resurrection of life. You do not want to be in the second resurrection. It's called the resurrection of death, or the second death. It says for us, if you're in the first resurrection, you'll never be separated from God. And so that's the bottom line. And so that's, that's it. Now, then we will reign for a thousand years, and the first resurrection takes place uh, before the kingdom. In other words, here comes the Old Testament saints, here's us, here's the tribulation saints, so we all come in there, and then there's the thousand-year reign of Christ. Now, when we get to a little bit more details later, I'm going to explain and talk about this. Here it says, will, there will be people who are in the tribulation, who are believers, who do not get killed. They have normal bodies. There'll be us, 
and Jesus, of course, and the tribulation saints who got killed, we will all have what is known as glorified bodies because we're going to be resurrected. There'll be people with regular bodies who go into the kingdom. What's going to happen to them? How does it work? We're going to talk about it at another time. I just want you to know that. So here's this first resurrection that takes place in a thousand years. Then there's, and this is, now there's the unbelievers. So here's Jesus. Here's us. Here's the Old Testament tribulation saints. Here's people who are alive and they go into the thing. here. And so we're all in the kingdom. And let's just say this. Uh, the kingdom is going to be very similar to the garden. In the garden, everything was good. Animals didn't eat each other, none of that thing. And then the fall, and everything happened. When we, if you read in Isaiah, when the kingdom comes, the lion will lay down with the lamb. It's going to be different. It's going to be a beautiful atmosphere. There are going to be unbelievers in the kingdom. We'll talk more about it at another time. And so at the end of the thousand-year reign, Jesus Christ then raises from the dead the unbelievers... And they are judged to go into the lake of fire. It's called the great white throne judgment. And so that's what we're going to call the second death. It's found in Revelation 25 and 6, Revelation 20, 11 through 15. And we're going to be seeing those in the, uh, the next couple of weeks. We're going to be doing some Christmas messages. So this is that we're going to get back to this and get the details when we come back after Christmas. Okay, so if, but read ahead, you know, kind of read the rest of chapter 20. And if you really want to see what, what the future looks like, you know, people say things like, wonder what heaven's going to be like. Well, Revelation chapter 21 and 22 tell you exactly what it's like. It's not heaven. It's a new heaven and a new earth. And you'll be in a city called New Jerusalem. And if you read Revelation chapters 21 and 22, you will see the eternal state in which we're going to be in. And everybody always says, oh, I hope I go to heaven. Well, you're going to be in heaven for a short time because you're going to be a thousand years on, on, on reign on, with Christ on this earth. And then you're going to be on another earth for all eternity with Jesus Christ. So it's going to be amazing, and we'll see that. But here is the second death, the unbelievers, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about that. I think I put the chart up one more time. I did. So where are we? Well, this is us. Jesus died and rose again. We're in the church age. He's going to come get us when he gets us, just as he has a glorified body because he died and rose again. And then we're going to have glorified bodies. And then, after the tribulation, there are going to be people killed in the tribulation. There are going to be people who make it through the tribulation. When he comes back, he's going to take all those people who died. He's going to raise them from the grave. They're going to have glorified bodies. He's going to take everybody in the Old Testament who are believers. That's Daniel chapter 12, verse 2. And they're going to get glorified bodies. And then there'll be some people with regular bodies who will go into the kingdom. And that is the first resurrection. And then after the thousand years are over, there's the second one. So if you want to just get the review, first resurrection to be with Christ is Christ, the church, Old Testament saints, and tribulation saints. Second resurrection, unbelievers cast into the lake of fire which is going to be sad, sad, sad. And let's just face it. One of the things we're supposed to be doing is telling people how to have eternal life. Because if they do not believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life, they're going to be a part of the second resurrection or the second death. And they're going to stand before God and they're going to be cast into the lake of fire. We'll talk more about it when we get to that. That's Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15. If you want to go ahead and read on at least chapter 20 to be able to put all that together. So Jesus comes as king. 
There's, uh, we will come with him to reign. There's two big resurrections. First resurrection of life, second resurrection of death, and we'll see what happens. So let me give you some applications, and then the kids are going to be coming out. But let's understand why there must be a literal kingdom on the earth. Now, you can talk to people, and there are most, um, this is going to sound wild, but most denominations hold to what they call an amillennial view, which means no kingdom and means no tribulation. And means no literal aspect of it. So a lot of people you talk to, if you said to them, oh, I believe there's going to be a thousand-year reign of Christ on the earth, and we're going to rule with him, they would say, I don't think there's such a thing as that. And you could say, well, right here it says it six times, and they say, well, I just don't think it means that. What else could it mean? Right? Let's just think about it. So anyway, let's understand there must be a literal kingdom. Why? The promise to David in 2 Samuel 7, 12 through 17, that David's greater son would sit on the throne of Israel. And then the promise to Mary that her son would take the throne of King David. So why does there have to be a literal kingdom? Because God keeps his promises. And let me tell you, if there's no kingdom, then God, then, that, then people who say there is no kingdom, they're saying God didn't tell the truth or God changed his mind. He made a promise and then he didn't keep it. Let me tell you something. Every promise he's ever made, he's kept and will keep. So he, he's always right. Okay, then the second application, let's understand the flow of resurrection. We know that there's a resurrection of life, Christ, the church, the Old Testament tribulation saints. That's us. We're glad. Then there is this resurrection of death, which is the second death. That's the unbelievers. We don't want to be in that. We don't want anybody to be in that, but they will be. And so by faith in Jesus Christ, we have eternal life, first resurrection. Those who reject Jesus Christ, there's the second death, and they'll be separated forever. So Jesus first, us next, and that could happen at any second. And then after the tribulation, Jesus comes back. We come with him. That's Revelation 19.11. We come back with him. He takes the Old Testament saints, the tribulation saints, and all of us, and we get to be with him and rule with him for a thousand years. And then the second resurrection, all the unbelievers for all time will stand before Jesus at what's called the great white throne judgment.